Interior. Night. Recording studio. Two redheads begin pre-show warm-ups. Red leather, yellow leather, red leather, yellow leather. Jack, write that you gargle your water or something. Jack gargles some water. And then put that we say, welcome to Script Shop. Who? Me or you? Mm-hmm. You say it. Welcome to Script Shop. N- no, but like, really, say it. Like, right now. Like, right now. Let's go for it. Welcome to Scrimshaw. No, Jack. Top. <laughs> Omaha. No, Jack. Welcome to Script Shop. Hey. Oh. Let's, Let's go. go. Hey. hey. Oh, oh don't, we can't do it anymore. That's we. Frank's oh, getting trademark. concerned about trademark issues. Oh gosh, Frank's his tie starts like choking He's him at the up. neck. His face turns red. He's like, "Stop, you wild and crazy kids! Stop!" This is Script Shop Show. Hi, everybody. And the reason that I was going into a bit of a Ramones thing is because our scriptwriter today, our screenwriter, is Brandon Ramones. Oh, clever! He's nice enough to send us a script called Monkey Bars, and he's going to be who we're talking to today. Yes, we're very excited about it because this is Script Shop. Yes. Where we introed with something actually related to our show. <laughs> Maybe the first time we've done ever. it in like 70 episodes. Yeah, truly. <laughs> well, which is the first time ever because this is one of our, this is the 70th episode for us actually. Is did, it really? Did you know that? I was just, I was just ballparking oh, it. you nailed it, Jack. Nice. You are on the money. Go buy a lotto ticket. If there's one thing I'm good at doing, it's guessing somewhere in the range of 12, five dozen or so. <laughs> Maybe a little more. Well, welcome to Script Shop, everyone, where we talk to writers about their scripts and their screen plays and why they wrote them and what they're about and we want to know everything about them and all the things that are special and unique about these people in the world yeah and that's allison hi i'm jack and we're your hosts through this little audio journey uh for the next hour or so guide through the cosmic space of soul sharing yes of of the writer's (laughs) mind i'm just going with it now i guess that's fine i can i can i can hop on that's cool Mm. Uh, so if you are a writer who is going through a cosmic thing and you've maybe jotted down your plot points and thoughts about that. What I'm trying to say is if you've written a screenplay, you should send it to us and you can do Please that do. by going on to scriptshopshow.com slash submit. Yes, you can. And we're looking forward to it. You can also get online and look at you look at all the things we have up there in different ways. It's like all the water I just drank is somehow laced with alcohol because now I'm not talking very well or anything. That's okay. We're it's it's, it's a little late when we're taping this. So. Okay. Well loop de doop de doop doop doop. I think what she's trying to say is that we're available on Facebook and on Twitter and on Instagram. If you search Script Shop Show, you will find us. Hashtag loop de doop de doop doop doop. Good luck spelling that. And you can find us and you can friend us and you can send us messages and you can interact with us if you listen to the show and you can say, Hey, Allison, I thought that loop de doop bit was really good and Jack sort of dismissed you too quickly. And then you can be like, Yeah, that's right. That's what I did. That's right. This, we have a war going on. We could start a war on Twitter. Oh, I really don't want to start. Yeah, a war I don't want to do that. Like, there's too much negativity in the world. Why? Why put that out there? Well, and also Twitter's dumb enough as it is without us starting a war. That's on it. true. Like that sounds like an incredibly dumb war. I know. Well, if we did have a war, it would just be a war about how, like, who loved who more. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> your hair is redder. No, your hair is no, redder. Your hair for sure is redder. I, I think know. I might be dying. My I've seen pictures. <laughs> I found pictures of me of myself from like high school and stuff, and my hair is like bright red mm-hmm. like crayon red yeah and now it's a lot darker so i'm sorry i think i'm dying guys this might be it we're all dying jack <laughs> yeah, some of us we're faster than others yeah so uh today we're gonna have monkey bars uh it is a 30 page friendship story involving an intervention and a shattered marriage there's excellent character stuff in this right. i like the dialogue i like the relationships that these characters have with each other it feels like instantly 
like you you understand what the dynamic of it is in their friendship without needing too much time to figure it out. Yeah. Well, we'll have to talk about that when we get into it with Brandon because the opening is pretty strong too. Yeah, for sure. So maybe we should get him on. Let's uh let's let's welcome Brandon Ramones to the show. Brandon, what's going on? Hey, how's it going, you guys? Doing fine, man. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you for sending us your script. Thank you so much for inviting me. Um, I'm very grateful, and um, let's get the ball rolling. <laughs> yeah. Where are you at right now? Um, at the moment, um, I'm in, uh, actually, New York. Okay. I sort of meant, like, emotionally. Are you tense? Oh, are my you, gosh. Are you relaxed? Am I tense? Oh, <laughs> li- no, am, he literally am, did not mean that. <laughs> he, he's just being a Weisenheimer now. I'm fun. Yeah, but honestly... Uh, you know, in New York, but my mind is in somewhere else. Now we're talking. Yes. <laughs> now we're talking. Um. So, new are are you a were you a born and bred New Yorker? Uh, yes, I am. Uh, born and bred. Uh, I grew up in Queens, I believe, mm-hmm. and um, after that, moved to Brooklyn, and you know, just been living the whole New York life. You know, you know how it is. Uh, Allison does know how I it rent is. and everything like that. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, do you like living there? Um, I I enjoy I I mostly enjoy um how mostly everybody that you meet is somewhat interested in art and um in some kind of way, which that kind of interested me a lot about New York that everybody's kind of working their way up in the art game, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and do you find that like specifically because you're in Brooklyn or is that just for the city in general? Uh, yeah, really anywhere in general, actually. You you know, you can find the most random people who you wouldn't think that are actually interested in, you know, you could meet somebody who's working on painting in uh, Queens, and then you can meet somebody from Long Island who's just, who wants to be a filmmaker. You yeah. know, it, it just, it happens so randomly, and it's amazing. And I, that's why I love New York, that it's just a, a conglomerate of just art. And and I would imagine, too, that that would maybe lead to, you know, you meet somebody that's into a certain thing. And even if it's not maybe specifically the thing that you're into, you could uh, it, the opportunity for like collaboration, I think, would be through the roof in, in a setting like that. Oh, of course. Yes. Um, you're you're kind of meeting people almost every day. Like anytime you're out, the second you walk out the door, you're, you're meeting new people and, um, you know, you're getting to know them and, you know, you're hopefully working on some things with them hopefully and you know it just it it just comes with uh putting yourself out there mostly has your family been artistic or is this something that you just kind of do by yourself um so most of my family is artistic like um actually this um screenplay monkey bars is inspired by a story like a short story from my younger brother philip ramones actually um oh shoot i'm so sorry i mispronounced your name when we were introducing you Oh no, no no it's um yeah it's it's fine um but yeah um Philip actually started the story um he wrote it f- and um he gave me the permission to write the screenplay for it and um he was very gracious and let me you know kind of run with it and you know I got to give my big props to Philip uh, my younger brother he gave me you know basic you know the foundation of the story and all the characters so <laughs> Do you think for um, Philip it was based on anything specifically? Um, me and him had various conversations about, you know, um, the characters and the story. And the the biggest thing uh, that he wanted to express is that 
um, people, any type of person, we all have addictions. Like, and sometimes these addictions could be good or bad. You know, these addictions could be good for us or also bad for us. And he wanted to express that mainly through the story. So I took that and tried to put push that forward in the screenplay as much as I could. Yeah, what's that like being, like, the fact that he's your brother and he wrote this story, is it with the characters that are in this now, with, with Miles and Richard and, and Frank and everybody? Yeah, it was it was mostly, like, um, the way that I can express is that I tried to bring that whole brotherly feel to it um, between the three um, characters. Because um, we actually have a, um, an older brother, and so we, we kind of mirror, I guess you can say, um, all three characters in a way um, in some parts each of them and we tried to you know just just basically bring our own personality into them to make it more of a relatable situation which one are you <laughs> um, I, I have pieces of all of them okay. honestly mm-hmm. I, I can say that I'm I'm I have pieces of Miles, I have pieces... I would say, for the most part, I think I have a lot of Miles in me. Mm-hmm. And more so than what your brothers would have? Like, if you if you each had to pick one, you you could figure out one of you is mostly one of one of the characters? Uh, I'm not sure, honestly. They they might say that they're they're Miles, too. I don't okay. know. Um, I, it's It just varies, honestly. So um, what is it like for you to take a work that your brother has written and then adapt it where you're, you're adapting it into a screenplay, but like you said, you're also like putting your own spin on some of these characters because this is now a work that you're taking and making your own. What is it difficult to put your own spin on stuff when it's your brother that's written this thing? What was that process like for you? Um, so it it was um, difficult to an extent um, because I wanted to do right by what he gave me, you know, but I also wanted to, I guess, do whatever I felt was right. Because, you know, when, when one person writes a story, they feel that the characters are this way. But if you read it, another person, and you, you'll feel like this character is some, something entirely different. So you kind of want to go with that inspiration. And for me, I, I tried to go with that inspiration, but my brother also, um, he also told me what he was going for and kind of, I wouldn't say like tied me down, but I'd say that he let me know like exactly what kind of interpretation he wanted. And I tried to fit that the best I could. Okay. H- have you been writing for a long time or is this new for you? I've been writing since I, I'd say like high school, like senior year high school. Mm-hmm. Um, that's probably like about like six years now, maybe five years. Mm-hmm. Um, just writing on my own. Um, I haven't really been like taught in like school or anything like that. It's just always been self-taught and, you know, whatever I can find online and, you know, uh, just from people that I know and, you know, things like that. Has it always been screenplays for you, or has it been like stories or poetry or anything else? Actually, uh, surprisingly, when I first started writing, like even before um, high school, um, as a kid, I recall writing poetry um, just by myself and not really showing anybody anything. And I would actually 
write the poetry and I would actually not want anybody to read it. So I would actually read, like, rip it up. Oh, wow. <laughs> the poetry. Yeah. <laughs> I was that kind of, kind of, uh, poet. Um, but other than that, I, um, I also got into like playwriting as well and things like that. I was, re I'm really interested in playwriting and, um, that whole artwork. What has your journey been like from like a high schooler to a, you know, a, Six years later, you know, you're writing screenplays, you're doing this interview, you're talking to people about your work. Which that's very far from where you were ripping up your poetry. And what was that journey like starting from point A and now being like point later on in the alphabet here? Yeah. Um, it was it was very hard because um, I actually dealt with a lot of, um, you know, self-doubt. And uh, yeah, I just I wanted my my stuff to be good you know and i would hope that other people would read my whatever i had to write and say oh this guy was good he wrote something good and after a while i just decided i kept thinking about that and it would freeze me it would stop me from writing because it would make me think that i have to write something good or else i'm not gonna write at all and after a while i thought it's been months. I haven't written anything. So after that, after thinking about that, it made me want to just write without any care of anybody else thinking. So nowadays, I could actually write something and give it to somebody and not want to rip it up, I guess. So that's the improvement that I can say that I have now. That That's the biggest improvement. Brandon, I, I got to tell you. It's more of a self-belief. Brandon, I got to tell you that 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 journey of going from wanting to write something good and then embracing just writing something that's honest and that means something to you regardless of what other people think about it. I think there's there's people that go their whole careers on a creative level, whether you're talking about writing or just, you know, anything creating at all that never come to that realization of I just want to do something do that's, for myself. that's true to me. Yeah. yeah. I think that's extraordinary. Yeah, yeah, it was it was a long journey, but you know, I'm I'm glad I made it here, and um, I'm glad that I had a couple people to support me and push me forward to that point. And um, it's just been an amazing journey, honestly. Who are those people that have really supported you along the way? Um, I I have to say, um, my brothers, my my family, my my cousins, um, my girlfriend, uh. And, you know, just I have um, random friends here and there, uh, mainly um, Phil Matisse. He's a writer and, and an actor in Brooklyn. He's been killing it. He's one of my main inspirations. Did you ever take any classes or anything with for writing? I, I took a couple like one on one classes. Um, I took one for uh, screenwriting and one for playwriting. But. You know, during the classes, I never felt like, um, not to discredit the professors or anything like that, but I felt like I was always ahead of the class because um, I've been studying this for a long time. So by the time I made it there, I, it was like, I have I know all the stuff that they're trying to teach us. Mm -hmm. um, but I'd say the most that I've learned was from um, my playwriting um, professor, Keith Winstead. He was amazing. He really pushed everything for me. Like everything that I am now is because of 
pretty much him, honestly. Mm-hmm. Well, and in, in this script specifically, we talk about some really, um, you know, some kind of hard-hitting themes. Yeah, there's heady issues in this. Yeah, we have um, two friends who are hosting an intervention for their third friend um, because he has a drug addiction. And I, I wanted to ask, like, you know, I know we talked generally about where these all come from, but, like, what are your experiences with you know, interventions, drug addictions, the things that this script talks about? Um, well, living with a big family like I do, um, we're not a stranger to addiction. Um, we have many family members who have suffered through it, and um, it, it was very hard to, you know, interact with these with my my family members when they're like this and when they are you know addicted uh, um and i try to take as much inspiration from that and hopefully shed some light on it as much as i could and you know it it was very difficult um in that manner to try to take from like experience you know, and to dig deep and to just pull that out of yourself. Have you had to stage oh, well, like an intervention for people in your family before? Um, I, I wouldn't say to the manner of this, like not into the to the extent of the story. Yeah, nothing like that. You're not, not tying anybody down and smacking them across the face or anything like that. That you guys haven't gone that yeah. far. <laughs> no, no, it was mostly. Um, I'd say, like we we nobody put a banner saying intervention. It was mostly like conversations where you know we would be hanging out and then we would tell one of our cousins like you have to stop this and you know it would be like you know okay yeah 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 and then you know basically that's it Mm -hmm. you know it'd be things like that do you ever wish you could do more yeah of course yeah i definitely wish i could do more and um i wish that there would be more situations where I could do more, like more occasions. You know, I, it, it's hard because you, you always feel like there's not enough moments where you can do more things. You know? mm-hmm. Um. Mm-hmm. So it, for our listeners in this story, basically it is the story of Miles, who is addicted. Um, he, he, in the very beginning, he is getting smacked. In the face by his two friends. Yeah, the script starts with him waking up tied to a chair and his friends are smacking him across the chop saying, hey, are you with us? Are you with us? Are you with us? We're doing this right now. Mm-hmm. So he's trying to wake up, figuring out what's going on, and it turns out that they are actually hosting an intervention. Richard and Mile, or Richard and Frank are hosting an intervention for Miles because mm-hmm. they're concerned about him. They love him. They're trying to help him be better. And they start kind of just like, it's interesting because it really just gets into this like kind of a, a little back and forth fight between them. There's a there's it's a total cat and mouse thing between them because yeah. not only is Miles at, and at times does escape to get away from all this and then fights with the guys, but then also will turn their concern back on them by saying, "Well, hey, you know what? We've lost touch. We haven't been as good of friends as a, in a while. Admit it." And then sometimes Frank and 
the other guys will fight between each other. It's not even right. just directly with Miles. There's right. you, you're, you're bringing a ton of emotions and I would say a lot of complex emotions into this script. It's not just a one-on-one kind of thing. It's everybody sort of sniping at each other when they feel like they've been wronged. And I just I think they're the relationships that you've built in this short script are so complex. Yeah, that, that's exactly what I was trying to go for um, because I didn't want it to just be centered on the whole intervention towards Miles. I wanted it to be more about their friendship and how they've been like how they've been acting towards each other throughout the years. That's the main focus that I tried to, you know, stay on. Do you have friends in your life that are like like these guys to you? You know, like your super best friends who would just be there for for you through anything? I I'd have to say my my brothers. Yeah. Honestly, um, yeah, that they're they're the main reason why I feel like there's three of them. Honestly, because I have two other brothers, so I feel like the three, you know, mirrors us completely. Yeah. Do you yeah. you said that you write uh, you've written some screenplays and also some stage plays? Is there one that you like more than the other? Because even though this is written as a screenplay, I feel I think it feels like. It could be produced on a stage somewhere. Do you have a preference one way or the other? I I honestly don't really have a preference. I've 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 actually um, at first I stuck to screenplays, but once I took the um, playwriting class, I kind of leaned towards playwriting, and I've been noticing that most of whatever I write is you know closely relating to playwriting. So. You know, it's I'm kind of flip flopping, mm-hmm. honestly. Um, but I'm I'm in love with both of them. Yeah, you know, something... whatever I feel like works on the stage, I will definitely put on stage. If not, then if it needs to be on film, then film is where it has to go. Yeah, there's you something know? that's just so intimate about like live theater, and and certainly film can have very intimate moments too. But just the idea, especially for a script like this, if you're sitting in a small room and there's people on a stage going through this like emotional journey, I think that would be. I, I think it's just a, it's a very gripping story that you've created here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We... No. Thank you so much. Uh, yeah. Should we go ahead and read a piece of the script? Yeah, I think we should. Okay, so uh, Brendan, we're gonna we're gonna just turn off your mic for a few moments as we read part of your work for our listeners. Okay, sure. Okay, hang on just a minute. So this is a scene, it's uh, somewhat near the end, because over the course of this script, with Miles being tied up, in various ways actually, they tie him to a chair, he gets out of that, the guys all get into a fight, ultimately they get him back and tie him down to a bed, And the one friend decides, hey, you know what? I'm calling Nina. Mm -hmm. Nina's his ex-wife. And between the friends, there's a concern that the reason that Miles is in the shape that he's in is because his marriage to Nina ended. Right. And there's when she first shows up and is talking to the guys, there's a bit of them wanting to maybe blame her more than she deserves because Miles is an adult who's making choices of his own. Yep. She didn't do this to him. Right. But and but also she's known this guy. They've been married. They've had a relationship for X number of years. So just regardless, even though they have been divorced and separated for a while, there's still a concern there, and she shows up right. to be involved in this very unorthodox intervention that's going on. Right. And uh, that's where we're going to pick it up from when Nina has this confrontation with Miles. So uh, today I will be reading for Nina, Jack will be reading for Miles, and Frank will be doing all of our stage directions. So, Frank, whenever you're ready, take it away. Interior, apartment, bedroom, day later. We open unto the bedroom window as the drapes are pushed and pulled by the wind. 
Nina walks over to it and opens it and ties it up. We close out the ties wrapped around Miles' arms and legs. The uncovered window lets in sunlight onto Miles' sleeping face. He begins to squirm and opens his eyes to Nina standing at the window, staring outside. Nina? What are you doing here? Frank called me. Why the hell did... So what, you heard there was a Miles torture party and thought, hmm, maybe I should stop by for a bit. You brought this on yourself. You know, when they told me you were doing this again, half of me said, no, that's impossible. And the other part wasn't even surprised. Let me get a good look at you. She puts her bag down and walks in front of him and is blurred by the light coming from the window. She shines bright. You look like melted shit on a driveway. How can someone so beautiful say the most deprived and vile shit? It is like venom being shot straight right into my eardrums. She hits his leg hard and walks away from the light. Keep talking. You're the one tied up. (laughs) So, how you been? Better than you. That's uncalled for. Be that as it may. She starts wandering around. Picking things up and putting them down. There is an awkwardness. Things they want to say, but can't. Miles speaking in a voiceover. I can't even remember the last time I saw her. I don't want to think about it, just in case it's a bad memory, but honestly, I don't remember. I might have been high. So how's work? It's good. Still working at the daycare? Yeah, assistant manager now. You always were a hard worker. I'm sucking up now. No, I'm serious. You never stop trying. Never. Not until I get what I want. Remember that time you got me to wear that stupid Hawaiian shirt? (laughs) It wasn't stupid. Not even Gosling could pull off that shirt. Well, you're no Gosling. Or (laughs) even better, when you got me to sign the divorce papers, that was hilarious too. He continues laughing, (laughs) and she is not entertained. He slowly finishes laughing. Are you done? I think I got some more in me. He begins to fake laugh much louder than before. (laughs) Ah, 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 ah. Nina crosses her arms and waits. Ha, 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 ha. Got that out of your system? You know, there was a time where me being tied up and you being mean to me would be a fantasy. But not today. Maybe if you had the same body from 2012. You can talk now, but you were crying like a little bitch when I told you I wanted a divorce. Oh, yeah. Mention a traumatic time to an addict. Great idea. You want to say mean things? I can say worse things. All right? So drop it. Can you just leave? I can take this shit from them because they're still in my life. Somewhat. You, on the other hand, made it clear you don't want anything to do with me. So I ask, why the fuck are you here? I don't know. I honestly don't know. One second, I'm talking to my parents, and then I get a call from Frank. Next second, I'm sitting in the car in front of your apartment, scared to death to come in. They told me you were having a breakdown. They said you attacked them. Like you wanted to kill them. I didn't want to see you this way. I wasn't trying to kill them. This isn't because of us, is it? It better not be. Look, calm your ego. This isn't about you. I just don't understand. You told me you had it under control. And now I come to see you like this. I've seen glimmers of this side of you before, but not like this. Not face to face. It's almost too disgusting to look at. You think you can come all this way, tell me off, and that'll make me stop and change my ways? You're wrong. No, that's not... That's not why I came, you idiot. You know whenever I think about you. All I can think about was a story you told me once. About how when you were a kid, you and Rich and Frank would each take turns going through the whole jungle gym thing at the park. You never finished it. Everyone else finished it except you. You always needed help at the monkey bars. And how you would fall on your face if you would try alone? 
He looks away from her. She walks over to him slowly. She reaches for his face. He flinches. Stop. Look at me. You don't have to do it alone. End scene. Brandon, I got to say, I like the, uh, you know, when you're first reading a script and you see that the title of this thing is Monkey Bars, and it's it's not until this moment in the script, which comes kind of late, where the idea of why this script is called Monkey Bars is laid out, and I think it, the metaphor is very nice. good. I like it, the idea that this kid couldn't cross the monkey bars until he got help from his friends. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, thank you so much. I, I actually, I, I kind of added that in, um... Not to discredit my brother, but no, that's yeah, good. that whole thing was, yeah, that was all, you know, I, I thought that they needed something to bring them together, the um the friendship of all of them. And I thought that that was the best way to bring it out. Is, is Nina a character in the story that your brother initially wrote? Uh, yes, he was. Um, She was actually one of the biggest characters. And um, I was surprised because when I was reading it, you know, the first half is literally just the friends and you know it's only like the last couple pages where she comes in right and when while i was writing the story for some type of reason um that moment resonated a lot once she stepped in the door i felt like this woman is like she's gonna take over the whole scene and she deserves to and she's i i just had a whole entire idea of who she was the second she walked in what do you think really started Miles, like, his 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 fall, his his fall away from all of his friends in the light? Where do you think this really comes from for that character? I'd, I'd like to think that um, it, it mainly stemmed from seeing all his friends succeed, and he couldn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, in moments where... You know, they were in the same moments in life and he couldn't succeed where they could. And he felt left behind and he felt useless. So I'd I'd like to think that that's why he thought that, you know, this makes him more happier with his life. Yeah. And also coming off this divorce, you know, he's obviously that's got to be a failure. A, yeah, a difficult mm-hmm. thing. And he that's just one more thing that it's tougher for him to cope with. I mean, she came back because obviously she feels like there's still something there and that she wants to help. And when she comes walking in, she says, you know, part of me didn't want to even believe this. And the other part wouldn't have been even remotely surprised. And I think that, you know, do you think that her showing up in this in the moment when she does is a turning point for Miles because the story sort of ends on an ambiguous note. I think it, I think you purposely left it open-ended as to maybe which way he's leaning as far as if he's really going to get serious about recovery or tell everybody to leave him alone. Do you think that her showing up is a turning point for him? I think that she might be too late, in my opinion. Mm. I think that maybe this would have worked a, like a couple months, maybe even a year ago or something like that. I think that he's pretty set in his ways, sadly. And is the ending that you wrote, are you leaving it purposely open-ended or are you leaning one way or another? You're leaning towards he's going to tell everybody to leave him alone. Um, in, in my opinion, I try to keep it ambiguous as I could um, because I, I try to leave a glimmer of hope, even if it sounds as, you know, dreadful as it does mm-hmm. um you know it's kind of up to the viewer's interpretation honestly 
Yeah, I, I really like the way it, I really felt that you weren't pushing it one way or the other because it ends with the with you know the footage of the actual children on monkey bars and the, you know one of them's just about to grab onto it and then everything sort of cuts to black like we don't know if they're going to quite make it across right and i i really i like the idea that it's as open-ended as it is because then yeah. you can read into it, it, it's a piece of art now that you can bring your own interpretations to mm-hmm. i also um I, i'm not sure if i mentioned this in the screenplay but i also wanted the number of children on the monkey bars to mirror the same amount of um, the three friends mm. also. Okay. I'm not sure if I put that in there, but yeah, I, I wanted to mention that. Yeah, I don't think it's explicit, but I think that's that would make sense for yeah. if, if this was uh, to be filmed sometime. Are there other visual yeah. elements that are very important for you? Um, important um, uh, as opposed to that, uh, I... I'd say just the whole theme and the feeling of it. I wanted it to feel very, like, you know, I wanted it to feel very dire at some moments and very quiet in some moments. You know, I wanted, I, because I, I feel like some movies, they don't, they stray away from the quieter moments. And I think that movies and screenplays and even plays in general, they need these quiet moments where characters can just confront, you know, each other, you know, in a quiet manner other than just screaming matches. Yeah. Mm. Well, there are a lot of really friendly moments in here, too. Like, um, it's not all just like super, super dire. The, right. the friends have a little bit of a back and forth. There's the whole bit about the letters for the intervention. Oh, God, that's right. So they're, the friends, <laughs> Richard and Frank, are explaining that they're doing an intervention and then they realize that one of them didn't write a letter for the intervention. And he says, I didn't know I was supposed to write a letter. And yeah, they're like, have you me. ever seen an intervention? You're supposed to write letters. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wanted to make it make them very unexperienced with um, interventions. They're, part of it reminded me of, uh, did, have, you, have you watched The Sopranos? Is that a show that you got into at all? Oh yeah, of course. I I think I know what you're gonna you're gonna bring up. Yeah, for sure. It's like season four, or season five, when Christopher is in a full blown heroin addiction, and yeah. the the family stages an intervention for him, and it goes way more south than this thing even oh, does. No. And the, think, people um, end up hitting each other. It's great. Uh, yeah, yeah, they're all hitting each other and stuff right after. It, that was I think that was for the uh, like a little small part of inspiration for. the um some of the scenes for me at yeah. least yeah i think i feel like that it sort of shine through the, especially the bit about the letter and the the business that the that the three get into about yeah because even miles then is giving the other guy a hard time for the fact that he didn't write a letter and yeah, he says i don't want your your shitty letter your right. afterthought letter you're writing right now you write one sentence yeah exactly that, that that's exactly what i was trying to get at you, I, I enjoy your dialogue. I think the the way that you've written the relationships between these characters and the dialogue that they have with each other, I think feels really natural. And I made a note too of that you're able to. I was able to get a good feel for what the rapport is between, especially the guys, through not a whole lot of exposition. I, I, I think you you really were were deft at handling laying out what these relationships are, how they all feel about each other, without that like you know really obnoxious sort of exposition that some people have a hard time with i think i, I got a really good feel for these characters very early on and i, I think that's uh, very credited to the way you wrote this yeah um thank you so much like i i, I really tried to to you know bring that forward um 
through the dialogue because I feel like that um, when two people talk to each other, it's different than three people talk to each other, you know, because everybody, every two people have different experiences with each other, you know. So I try to show that each per each pair have their own experience and they have their own way of talking with each other. And I, I was trying to push that forward um, through the the screenplay. Yeah, I think it comes through really strongly. What kind of editing do you do in terms of like your own work? Do you review your work, rewrite it, say things out loud, run it off of your brothers? What kind of stuff do you do when you're kind of working on something? Um, Pretty much everything you said. Yeah. Um, I, I send it to a bunch of um, friends that I actually trust, um, ones that will give me very good uh, feedback. Um, and yeah, I, I read it to myself and, you know, see how it sounds. You know, I don't want it to sound very like muddled and very like hard to get a sentence out, I guess you can say. Um, but yeah, um, I've sent my, my the, this screenplay um, specifically to my brother a couple of times and he's been leading me to the, the true north, I guess you can say. Um, but in terms of like dialogue and all that stuff, it was mainly just myself who had to trust my own, I guess, heart compass and just yeah. lead the way through there. Does your brother like the version of this story that you've adapted? Um, <laughs> it, yeah, I, 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 you could say that. Yes, yeah, he does. <laughs> it, it's it's very different from the one that he started with because I, I did I took a lot of liberties and I changed a lot of things, mm -hmm. but he likes it so far. Sounds like your brother is really important to you. Uh, yes, he is actually. Um, you know, we we kind of uh, started writing together, and you know, he's mostly taken on to writing novels, and but for me, it's always been screenplays. And um, you know, he's, he's been. Um, I feel like we inspire each other in a way. Yeah. It's more like a competition. <laughs> as, brother brother yeah. inspiration as brothers will do Competition. for sure exactly <laughs> well so between the fact that you you know you're writing a lot of stage plays and you're writing screenplays as well would you rather see this if you are looking to have it produced i mean maybe in theory doing it on a stage would be easier but do you would you really rather see this as as a film do you have any production ideas for it have you have anybody expressed an interest uh, as far as that goes I've I've talked to um, many friends who've in, expressed some um, interest in it. Um, I haven't uh, tried any. Um, uh, I guess you could say you know uh, plays or anything like that. Any stages, um, but I'm looking towards any venture really. Um, just trying to get the story out there because uh, you know it's it's been really important to me and uh, my brother as well. So. Any way we can get that story out there would be great. Yeah. Um, but for now, I think we're trying to lean more to more towards um, film. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. And if somebody wanted to get in touch with you, what's the best way that they could do that? Uh, the best way would be um, my Instagram, which would be BJR Photos, um, and I think that's the best way to just get in touch with me. Great. All right. Check out Brandon on Insta. 
We'll link them all up on the web and everything. <laughs> yeah, we'll definitely make sure that that's uh, a part of the links that we have uh, on your page with this show on uh, on scriptshopshow.com. Brandon, thanks so much for sending us your work. Thank you for talking about all this stuff. I mean, yeah. the, all the family stuff. I think yeah. I'm anxious to see where your where things go for you. Please keep in touch with us, would you? All right, no problem. Hey, thank you guys so much for having me, and I look forward to being on the next one. <laughs> Absolutely. We thank look forward you. to having you. Thanks a lot, man. That was very sweet. That That's was a, really sweet. The You know, when you were asking him about specific visuals, there was one that just jumped into my mind. When Nina does first show up, and it was in the scene we read, yep. and there's all that sunlight yep. coming in from behind her. That's, I mean... It's pretty. Uh, <laughs> like this is, I mean, this is why I thought that like maybe that would be the 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 turn the page moment for him when right. she shows up again. I know. Well, I think it just highlights one of the, oh, gosh, you know, he does a really good job of of demonstrating how in the in the whole so, somebody who's addicted who has an addiction can be. Mm-hmm. You know, so like maybe this positive thing does show up, but mm-hmm. but you can't manage it you can't handle it you can experience it well and it's still bringing with it you know it, she's bringing with her all the baggage like he, it's all, all the, the baggage. baggage that's in his head of this relationship right and that's why there's so much she shows up and that baggage just like shows up as well sure. for him you know because he's he's like you're so beautiful and then it just becomes this whole other thing where he's like i don't know you, you, you we were all here for the scene that yeah, scene just sure. like goes down into a pit and it's sad. That intervention scene on that episode of Sopranos is so good too because the guys are trying <laughs> because you know so the idea of an intervention is it's a non-judgmental you're yeah. just trying to say this is what your addiction is how it's affecting me and I'm worried about you. Yeah. And like Silvio's got a letter that he wrote but it's he just goes Christopher, one time I was came into work at the Bing and your head was in the toilet, your hair was in the toilet water. Disgusting. And like that's all he said. And Polly nothing to do. Polly comes in there he's like you're weak, you're out of control, and you're an embarrassment to yourself and the family. Oh, just, my like, gosh. Right in his face. It's so good. It goes so off the rails. It's such a good, good oh, scene. Oh, man, and that makes sense for their family. Absolutely. Yeah, that's amazing. Uh, if you've written something that you think is a very good scene and you would like to uh, expand it into a story, you should write it down in script form and then send it to us. We'd love that. We'd love to read it. So send it to us uh, via Script Shop Show. Look us up on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter and at us because we like at at you. Allison on Twitter is at your bestie West. And Jack is at Script Shop Jack. Yeah, so uh, please uh, find us, make friends with us, follow us. Uh, we tweet fun stuff and we promote the show and let you know about little promos and videos and stuff that we do. It's a, you know, we try to bring you the full we sensory try, experience. Yeah, you know, the full 3D experience on yes, the web. Or at least 2D. 2D. Well, 3D is fun to say, though. That's true. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's a closer. <laughs> Until next week, friends, that's a wrap. Script Shop was created by Allison West. Hosted by Allison West and Jack Crumley. Produced by Frank Steele. Thanks to iHeartMedia Cincinnati for use of their studio. Intro music, Retro Soul by bensound.com. Outro music by purple-planet.com. Special thanks to all our guests. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.